Hello, hello. This is the Aesthetic Vibes podcast and I am your host, Amy. This podcast is based around relevant and completely irrelevant topics. Sometimes the deep and meaningful and other times pretty meaningless topics. There are way too many negative vibes in the universe. So let's hang out together and spread aesthetic vibes. Welcome to the spooky yet again. (laughs) I hope you guys enjoy these little mini series because I know I certainly do. In today's episode, I'm going to discuss Ouija boards, more specifically their origins and some real life stories where people have used Ouija boards, made contact with the other side, or so they claim. (laughs) You can be the judge of that. Okay, let's do this. Let's begin with the origin behind Ouija boards. So the first Ouija board popped up in the late 1800s and the board was originally sold in toy shops. Um, It really mirrors the boards that we know today. So it's got the letters of the alphabet, numbers, zero to nine, the word goodbye, and then yes and no. And it comes with a planchette, which is used to move around the board and answer the questions that the user wants answered. People are and have been forever curious and intrigued by spirits and the supernatural. Ouija boards were in fact used in the 1890s and were referred to at this time as talking boards. Originally, Ouija boards were actually used to predict stuff. So an example of this was in ancient Rome back in the 1890s. The board was actually used to predict the next king. And in China, the boards have been used for decades to contact the other side. Originally, Ouija boards were invented by Elijah Bond. And the manufacturing of the boards was signed over to the Kennard Novelty Company in 1891. So originally, the boards were in fact marketed as a game or a toy. The boards started out as extremely popular for all people from all walks of life buying the boards. In the 1920s, after World War I, the Ouija board became extremely popular with people using the board in an attempt to communicate with loved ones lost to the war. So for a long time, the Ouija board was popular and highly sought after. However, things would soon turn cray-cray as the 1973 movie The Exorcist was released. So... This movie is based around uh, Ronald Doe and it's directed by William Friedkin and it's a story of a young girl who's possessed by a mysterious entity after playing with an Ouija board. Apparently, it's based on a true story. Uh, The true story is a young boy in Maryland during the 1940s. The priest in the movie attempts to exorcise the entity from the young girl. She goes through all of these terrifying encounters. Um, But ideally, the real story is questionable, 
as to the presence of an Ouija board. So I think that that component was fabricated by Hollywood to make it, you know, a little bit more (laughs) dramatic than it was. So regardless, right, the movie was extremely popular and it still is today. After this movie, Ouija boards created widespread panic, right? So people became completely terrified by the boards and almost instantly the boards were associated with Satan, So following this, (laughs) many other movies latched onto that idea of an Ouija board. It it scares the life out of people, right? It's a super scary concept. So uh, a lot of movies, stories, books, whatever, have really capitalized on that scare factor. Let's just quickly go back to our lovely inventor friend, Elijah Bond, the OG (laughs) Ouija board creator, Um, Sadly, he passed away in the early 1900s and for many years his grave was this unmarked grave pretty much lost in the cemetery to many. However, recently some paranormal lovers, people who love the spooky, actually arranged a headstone for his grave and it's actually a Ouija board. So there's a picture of it online. It's super freaking cool. It's exactly what a Ouija board looks like. Uh, there's no planchet or anything sitting by the grave. And, you know, the, the website that I looked at said it's not clear whether people have actually used the, the, bo- the headstone as the board. But, I mean, it's a perfect setting for a movie or a perfect setting for you know, a Friday night after a couple of drinks and scaring the shit out of yourself. Um, But it's pretty cool, right? Regardless, it is an interesting invention. So I have never played with an Ouija board. I've never seen one in real life. And I'm not sure whether I would play with one. I don't really have a fear, as you guys probably know by now, I don't really have a fear of um, the paranormal ghost spirits. Uh, So I think I'd be okay with that. What I am uncomfortable with are demons. So I wouldn't have any issues communicating with ghosts or spirits, but I would not want a demon to take my soul. So uh, I would be hesitant because knowing my luck, I'm bound to get a demon and then it's going to haunt me for the rest of my life. There have been some weird little occurrences in my house and I always joke and say, you know, anyone's welcome, come hang out in the house, um, but I'm not opening that door to demons. So if you are a demon and you are listening to my podcast, thank you firstly. Secondly, get the fuck away from my house. (laughs) Um, So yeah, that's my thoughts. Okay, so (laughs) the question of all questions. How can a board uh, made out of wood or plastic, or in some cases, paper, because you can create your own, but how can a board with a planchette have the ability to talk to the deceased? Logically, yeah, I don't get it. So I did some research into how to properly use a Ouija board. <laughs> uh, it's not complicated. However, there are 15 very important steps. Let me run you through them. Step one, you need at least two people. You cannot Ouija alone. (laughs) Step two, use the board at night for better results. I feel like um, 
It's just like a recipe, you know. <laughs> For better results, sift with a strainer or whatever the hell. Like, it just doesn't feel <laughs> instructions on how to summon the dead. Step three, turn off the lights and use candles. Make sure the TV's off. <laughs> okay, noted. Step four, sit. <laughs> I think it would be quite weird. How would you stand and use a Ouija board? It'd have to be levitating. <laughs> Step five, you have to decide on uh, a session runner or like a medium, if you like. And this person's the question asker. They kind of take the lead on the whole thing. So project leader, <laughs> I don't know. Step six, all fingers on planchette. Step seven is to move the planchette around the board to warm it up. Okay, <laughs> no problems. Step eight, don't let the board control the session. The leader needs to control it. So I guess this is, you know, if you do connect with something and they start kind of sprinting all over the board and um, giving you like bizarre responses, you need to kind of get on top of it and end the session or whatever it might be. Step nine, <laughs> Ask simple questions to begin with that are yes or no. So don't start out with something like, you know, <laughs> something super, super complicated. Step 10, be patient. It can take time for responses. Step 11, never be rude. I mean, step 11, never be rude. I think that's common sense, right? When you're dealing with something you do not understand or you do not know if it's true or not, you're just, you're just not rude. I've heard of people going to different occult museums. I know the, the Warrens in particular, and people have gone in and made fun of Annabelle and tapped on her case and then have experienced kind of traumatic things on their way home, like one was a car accident when someone nearly died. Um, I've heard of similar things happening with Robert the Doll as well, and Robert is at a museum also, <laughs> Robert's a bit of a character, but I've been told you are not to kind of walk up to these things that you don't understand, tap on the glass or make fun of it because you really don't know, right? You don't know. And it's a really dick thing to do. It doesn't make you look brave by tapping and going, oh, whatever you're saying to the doll. So yeah, I think uh, you just have to be appropriate. Don't be rude. <laughs> Better yet, let's just not be rude at all. Let's not be rude to people in life. Let's just not be rude. Let's just get rid of that totally from the world. Step 12 is don't ask stupid questions. One of my rules when I'm lecturing is there are no stupid questions. So I'd be curious to know what this instruction writer classifies as a stupid question because I truly don't believe there are stupid questions. Step 13 don't ask for physical signs. So don't sit there and go, if there is a ghost in here, the lights will turn off. Um, yeah, don't do that. I don't know why, but the instructions say to not do that, whether it's taunting or whatever it might be. Who knows? Uh, step 14, don't believe everything the board tells you. Same goes for the internet. <laughs> don't believe everything you read on the internet. And then step 15, always close the board at the end of the session, which I think we all know because that's the premise of any good horror movie is the board not being closed and therefore it unleashes hell on whoever. So I think, I think commonly we all know that you have to close the board out at the end. Okay. Simple enough, 15 easy steps to get yourself started with a Ouija board. <laughs> okay, let's talk about a couple of Ouija board stories. I should preface, for these stories, I'm not using names or any identifiers. I'm just referring to it as man, woman, girl, boy, 
Uh, I just think putting people's names in, I don't know, it just seems sketchy to me. So a lot of it is man, woman. So just just setting the scene with that one. A man and a woman uh, end up taking their friend's discarded Ouija board home and then they claim that there are some unexplainable spooky things that start to happen. I mean, it starts out like every story, right? <laughs> I'd love to know what those things actually were. After a series of what they define as disturbing events, no idea what those are, the man was home alone one night and he heard this really loud crash in their living room. He goes down the stairs to check it out, didn't notice anything out of place, then goes, okay, cool, I'm heading back to bed. Goes back to bed, he's kind of like, that's weird. Nothing looked like it was broken or fallen, that's bizarre. And then he's getting into bed and something was thrown at him. When he looked, he found the girl, so his girlfriend's hair straightener in the bed. It could have it could have gotten there through another means. However, they claim the straightener is always plugged in on the bathroom counter. Firstly, people don't do that. Don't leave your shit plugged in, especially hair straighteners. How do you know if you've turned that anyway? I digress. Don't don't leave stuff plugged in. That's just asking for your house to be burnt to the ground. Anyway, it always sits on the bathroom counter. Whatever had thrown the straightener at him, unplugged it, brought it into the room, and then threw it at him on the bed. Uh, They then decide, after a few other things occurred, we're done with this, and they donated the board to Goodwill. Yeah, that's (laughs) that's a fantastic way to dispose of it. (laughs) make it someone else's problem let's not do that I don't believe you you're supposed to do that I also don't believe you're meant to burn it (laughs) so (laughs) I think just tossing it out and making sure that it actually gets to the the tip (laughs) or the rubbish location (laughs) tip in Australia yeah so okay cool let's make that someone else's problem another story is a young boy reports that when he was 12 or 13 he was spending the night at a friend's house and they were playing with the Ouija board and it was him and his sister um and and the friend in question so to begin with, they were getting lots of gibberish and then just weird words being spelt out. Um, and they were kind of just playing around, not taking it very seriously, until they got a message spelt out that said, I can see you through the window. And then something like, I can see you through his eyes. So they looked around and there was a small window in the basement where they were sitting and the backyard and the woods past the driveway were visible through that little window. So think of it like a little peephole window, um, like a little uh, rectangular window. They apparently asked some more questions and (laughs) the board said to them, I'm under the car. And mind you, there was a car parked just outside the house near the window. Anyway, they got up the nerve to go out with a flashlight and look under the car. I don't know if a lot of people would. I think a lot of people would just go, okay, let's close this out. This is not cool. (laughs) Anyway, they didn't do that. And there was a black stray cat under the car hissing at them. They ran inside and the moment that they arrived inside, the power failed and all the lights in the house went out. How convenient. (laughs) They allegedly shit themselves. (laughs) Hopefully not physically, more so just mentally. And then a few minutes later, the power came back on. They apparently sat up uh, that entire night until sunrise because they were too scared to go to bed. And they never played with the board again. I don't know what they did with it. 
I don't like this next one. <laughs> I actually don't like... I don't like a couple of these. <laughs> Let me tell you this one. So um, a girl retells a story from when she was young and her mum... Let me repeat, her mum <laughs> brings out a Ouija board and tells her and her brother that they're going to play. Come on, bro. So anyway, she claims it started out funny. Um, they were sort of dicking around through the planchette and it was spelling out words like poo and stuff like that. The kids were super young and they were finding it super hilarious and then the mum said, okay, let's get serious and let's try to contact someone. So a friend of the mum's had recently gone missing and he'd been missing for about a month or so and no one knew where he was. So when they asked who they were talking to, the guy's name who was missing was spelt out on the board. So it's spelt out George. They then asked George, are you the mum's missing friend? And apparently he said yes. So the mum got really upset and said, well, where are you? And he said, in a lake, <laughs> like spelt out in a lake. It was apparently really upsetting for the mum and they basically stopped immediately. The mum tried to kind of laugh it off and be like, oh, you know, no big deal. Like, it's just, you know, a bit of silliness. So the kids were like, oh, okay, cool, nothing serious. Anyway, two weeks later, George's body was found. He'd been hit by a car on a bridge and his body was in the nearby lake. Ah. <coughs> uh, <laughs> Firm no. <laughs> Let's move on to the next. When a girl was about 14, her and her best friend had a sleepover birthday party. They decided to make a Ouija board to use. They didn't really know any of the rules, i.e. needing to say goodbye, whatever. So you can, in fact, make them. Apparently, they're as effective as buying the real thing. This is not me encouraging you to do this, but apparently you can just do it on paper, which is kind of frightening because if you've got kids and you say, no, we're not getting a Ouija board, and then they go, well, fuck it, we'll create one. Uh your kids could be bringing shit into your house. So I think that's quite scary as well. Anyway, back to the story. After about an hour of playing around, the girl in the story says, look, she's she's done playing around with the Ouija board. She's going to go and do some tarot cards and she's going to watch the rest of The Exorcist. This just seems too convenient to me. Anyway, there were a couple of other girls who didn't want to kind of mess around with the spirits, so uh, that just left a couple of them playing on the board. After the particular girl left the room, there was apparently a change in spirits that was talking to her friends, and it switched to a completely different spirit by the name of Max, and he apparently said he was looking for this particular girl, the one who'd left the room. So the girl actually recounts never knowing anyone in her life by the name of Max. Her friends actually yelled out to her and they were saying, hey, um, there's somebody here that's trying to talk to you. And the girl kind of dismissed it. And she was like, yeah, right, oh, bullshit. Like, you, you guys are dicking around. Anyway, Max started giving them information about the girl that nobody at the party knew. And so she started freaking out and she said, look, I, I need you guys to stop playing, stop uh, contacting him. Apparently, Max was trying to convince them that, you know, he wasn't there to hurt her. Um, the friends, however, did stop playing the board as requested. Fast forward a year later and the Ouija board comes back out 
at another party and there was only one girl from the original party at this new party. They were baking a cake and the buzzer went off. So the girl in question and the friends whose house it was went to take the cake out of the oven. When they got back to the group, another girl turned to her and said, so who's Max? And apparently Max had stuck around from the last party to this party and had been looking for her. She claims that later in her life, she actually heard her name being called out multiple times. And it actually, whenever she hears it, it makes her stop for a minute. And there were several instances where she heard her name being called and she she hadn't listened. She was in the path of a car that would not have stopped. So this in this instance, Max seems to be some sort of um, guardian angel, if you like, looking after this young girl. So our last story is um, a guy who is telling this story uh, from his girlfriend and an experience she had in 1986. So the girl had a friend named Johnny who was suffering cystic fibrosis and he'd been hospitalised recently. The girl and her friend Shelley would visit Johnny all the times in the hopes of keeping his spirits up and motivating him towards recovery and just making sure that he knew that he had a good support network. So one night after they visited Johnny, they went to Shelley's house and they decided to play with the Ouija board. After a while, they started communicating with a spirit who seemed to know a lot about them and they were kind of confused because this spirit shouldn't have. After some basic questions um, and some stupid, they asked questions about boys and, um, you know, just teenage girl crap. They then started asking about Johnny and his condition. And the, the board actually spelt out on the 24th of June, 1987, Johnny wouldn't have to worry anymore. And then the planchette moved to goodbye. So the girl and Shelley were absolutely convinced that the board was giving them a date for his recovery. So they actually wrote the message down and sealed it in an envelope. The following year, on the 24th of June, Johnny had no longer needed to worry about his condition because he passed away on that day. Mm, creepy. So what do we think? Are Ouija boards really a portal to the other side? Do these stories convince you one way or another? Or are we simply creating stories to make the boards more interesting than they really are? Or maybe are manufacturers doing that or toy stores? Should I get one off Amazon for $35 and see if it works? I think that's a bargain and I might in fact do that. Um, I might also not be able to do that because my husband might kill me. In all seriousness, though, I firmly believe there is something on the other side. But what that is, I am not clear on. So have we created an entry pathway for those stuck looking for a mechanism to contact us? It really is a fascinating topic to think about. And the volume of stories online surrounding Ouija boards are completely insane. You can Google and there are hundreds upon thousands of stories. There has to be some truth to some of them, right? There were a lot to read and I looked through some of them and they were really easy to debunk. But the ones that I spoke about today kind of left me scratching my head and wondering. 
being in contact with spirits before in several houses that I've lived in, I am inclined to say that there must be a level of truth in some of these stories. So I close with, I therefore believe. As with every episode, we venture into a lighter segment. If you recall, I did a segment recently on phobias. I decided to venture back there today, but I looked for some of the funnier phobias that exist. (laughs) And here we go again with me not being able to pronounce any of these (laughs) words, but I will try. I will try my damnedest. So I've got a few for you. Let's start out strong with <laughs> syngenophobia, which is a fear of relatives, sometimes called familiophobia. And it refers to a fear of relatives, which can include close family, such as siblings or more distant relations. People with this phobia experience a high amount of anxiety from merely thinking about relatives, let alone actually seeing them. Their anxiety can be so intense that they might endure a full-blown panic attack as a result of it. I would say there's a lot of people that have this phobia out there, (laughs) some worse than others. Uh, I think everybody has a little bit of uh, the familiar phobia when it comes to Christmas time, for example, when you're doing the rounds at Christmas time. So look, uh, I believe it. It's funny, but it's real, and I'm sure there are a lot of people who suffer with this. (laughs) There's something called xanthophobia. This is a fear of the color yellow. Okay, but it's more than just being scared of a color, right? So it actually makes someone completely unable to be near a color, and it means that they might not be able to function in their day-to-day if they see the colour. How do you you exist and be like, oh, I've got this xanthophobia. I can't come into work today because the boss is yellow. Like, how, how do you, how do you live? Yellow is everywhere. Like, I'm looking around my beauty room. I don't have a lot of it, but I can see some jewellery, shoes. Mm, They're tan, so maybe not shoes. But... I've got some shirts. I can see yellow. (laughs) How the hell do you survive? And furthermore, are there other colours that people have phobias for? Like, are there there others? And what are they called? Uh, Yeah, so interesting. The next one kind of, I I don't know. Like, I can kind of sympathise with being scared of a colour and scared of family and relatives. (laughs) This one's bizarre. (laughs) It's... Anna T. Day phobia. And it's the fear of being watched by a duck. What the hell? So (laughs) it's a fear that manifests when ducks or geese are present. And um, it causes the person to constantly worry that a duck knows what they're doing at all times. And that it's smiling, even though they don't have lips, and waiting for them. What? (laughs) what's a duck gonna do like if a duck attacks me i kick it (laughs) probably don't kick it don't come for me rspca 
you know what I mean? Like, I'm going to get away if there's a duck trying to attack me. Uh, although, I will add, the magpies and bowerbirds in Australia during springtime are just fantastic. They will sweep the shit out of you. Uh, we get them everywhere. So I kind of get it. But this is not a fear of being attacked. This is a fear of being watched by a duck, just looked at by a duck. I always think with animals, how much goes on inside their head? <laughs> like, when I think of my dog, I'm like, how much actually goes on in his head? There's not a lot. Like, there's not a lot of uh, complex thinking. So I don't know that a duck would be looking at someone with anything in mind apart from just looking. So I find this one a little bit ridiculous. There's kinemotophobia, which is a fear of zombies. Uh, I get this. Zombies can be scary, but they're also make-believe right now. <laughs> they don't exist just yet. Um, I would err on the side of not being scared, but being ready to fight, having my weapons ready and go to town and kill some zombies. So I think we need to turn that fear into a proactiveness and we need to start killing them. There is also metrophobia which is a fear of poetry. <laughs> oh, God. A fear of poetry. Just just don't go near it. Like, I, I, don't, I don't fear poetry, but I don't enjoy it. I, I can't tell you the last time I was near a poem of any description. It would have had to have been when I was a kid in school. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's a bit of a stretch <laughs> I feel like it's just people being like well I don't like poetry I mean same <laughs> same it's not a phobia though uh okay this one has to be bullshit bear with me <laughs> this has to be bullshit hippo po to mon stro stro roses quid peed aloeophobia a fear of long words. That has to be bullshit. That took me 10 seconds to say. If that's not bullshit, that is so mean. That is so mean. How many syllables, like, how many letters are there in this? Like, 50? More? Come on. If these guys don't like long words, let's not give their phobia a longer word than any word I've witnessed in my existence. Mean, mean. Lucky last. <laughs> Ergophobia, fear of work. <laughs> yep, putting my hand up. I now have a fear of work. I do not want to work ever again. <laughs> so I'm with you. Well, that's a wrap. I uh, hope you enjoyed today's episode. Talked a little bit about Ouija boards. Uh, a couple of fun stories. I don't know. What do you reckon? You believe? <laughs> yeah, believer? Join me next episode. I'm going to talk about the topic of burnout. Something I've been thinking a lot in my life pause that I'm taking at the moment. So yeah, let's dive into that topic in more detail. I'll identify what burnout is and then what to do if you're feeling burnt out yourself. Um, but anyway, in the meantime, let's hang out on social media. So hit me up at Aesthetic Vibes Pod. Drop me an email at aestheticvibespodcast.outlook.com. Drop by my website, which is aestheticvibespodcast.com. Drop by my TikTok, my name, Dr. Ames Kelly. <laughs> Uh, I did a really good TikTok last Friday. Quite hilarious. Needless to say, I was sitting in the backyard in the middle of a rainstorm 
uh, with a bottle of wine. So it's it's a little bit of fun. So recommend if you're looking for a laugh to call by. Anyway, until next time, uh, bye bye.